Mindfulness, again, means absolute presence awareness in this moment. And that's something that if anybody thinks it's easy or it's soft, go ahead and try it. It's one of the hardest things in the world to do when you get started. But once you know how to roll with this, it becomes like the skill you can't ever remember being without. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the B2BMS podcast. Obviously, we're on video this time, not just audio, and I'm really excited to have joining me today Cole Baker Bagwell, who is the founder and kindness director of Cool Audrey. Cole, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. So the reason for this special meeting through the screen is you're speaking at our upcoming B2B SMX online experience, mainly because we just found your background so fascinating and you really zero in on the importance of mindfulness. We're going to get into that part of the conversation soon, but let's start out with your history because your backstory, how you kind of got into this space is so fascinating. So why don't we start there? Sure. So I spent a couple of decades in corporate America and entered sales when I was well, a long time ago. It was one of my first jobs out of school and kind of flowed through that for a couple of decades and had chances to work with great companies and pretty toxic companies sort of all at the same time. And what I realized across the board was that in every case, no matter who I was working for or who I was working with, the business was about people. I mean, people do business, right? And the people were suffering in business. And so I, about four years ago, took a pretty big chance. I I should add that I've also been a mindfulness practitioner for about 26 years and a yogi. And so four years ago, I made this very bold decision to converge the two worlds, to bring a little bit of my mat into the boardroom. And I did that when I was on Wall Street working with a big bank there. And I walked into a meeting one morning. It was cold. I had gotten up early to fly from North Carolina to New York. And I walked in and I saw a laptop, phone, phone, mouse pad. We're ready for the meeting. And I said, not today, folks. We're going to do this a little differently. So I had everybody close their laptops, put their phones on Do Not Disturb, liberate themselves from their fancy watches, and I had them close their eyes. And we started breathing just the same way that we did when I would start my yoga classes. And what happened that day was after about three or four minutes, people started firstly feeling something again and connecting with the moment that we were in. And the coolest part that happened was that no one opened their laptops or their phones for the rest of the time. So At the end of the meeting, we had two whiteboards, these giant whiteboards full of ideas that the people in the room had created together. And in that moment, I knew that there was something to this, that if we could get people to unfold and to get still and to meet each other with kindness, that there was a whole new set of possibilities for business. And so I left at the top of my career to go and do something about that and launch Cool Audrey. So here we are. Excellent. So let's go into the next stage, right? So... You mentioned participating in toxic workplaces. 
in your response, you talked about the overwhelming number of devices and overwhelming probably amount of distractions that we're dealing with as professionals. I mean, how did these elements or maybe others, I'd love for you to dig deeper if there are any other challenges that that you've been aiming to address. How did all of these elements kind of tie together to help you create your approach or strategy for Cool Audrey, I mean, as it is today? Okay, sure. So I'm going to break that question down into a couple of pieces. So we have kind of the physical world, a set of challenges, and certainly now we have more than any in my history, at least, and I'm sure yours as well. But those things are, you know, sort of the noise coming from the outside world. And then they are compounded with our devices and social media and all of the places that our attention is pulled throughout the day. We're not really programmed or wired to handle that all that well. So that's one big, big problem. There's another sort of set of problems, and it's about the habits that we've cultivated for ourselves as people from a society standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from professional standpoint, global standpoint, the whole thing. And so those habits and choices are part of the issue too, when we think about disconnection and showing up as ourselves and then showing up to do something together in this thing we call business. The last set of the problems is an inside set of problems. So we have outside, we have sort of habits we've cultivated as a society, and then we have inside. And from an inside standpoint, what they look like are ego, biases, and then these little narratives that we write in our head when we don't understand something or when we are bringing part of our past into our present. And so my work is about addressing all three sets of challenges so that people can show up as a better, fuller, more connected version of themselves, sans ego, sans bias, sans the narratives that we write in our heads, to really be able to connect and listen to one another, come up with something better together. And then when we're able to do that, the outcomes are so, so much richer, so much deeper, so much better. So all of those things are things I aim to address through the work that I do. And I do my work in a very personal way. So it is not a cookie cutter approach. It is every company is different because every company is made up of people who are different. And so as I was designing Cool Audrey, I took all of that into mind as well. So I, I hope that kind of gets all of the questions you asked me in that one. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to dig a little bit deeper into what's happening in the now, right? Because I feel like we've always been overwhelmed by internal and external pressures, overwhelmed with information. These factors have existed for a while, but I feel like they have really amplified as of late a lot of conversations around mental health, around burnout. And, you know, when we first got connected, we had a really, I think, enlightening conversation around how these personal scenarios, like the context of like, you know, we're working from home, we're juggling more than ever, probably, how this is extending into the business worlds, specifically in B2B, because teams have to collaborate, we have to go across departments, you know, marketing, sales, ops, what have you. I mean, how is this all piling on on top of us? That's an awesome question. And so here's the deal. The stress is not new. Our awareness of the level of stress is new. And certainly we have different challenges that have been added to the other ones that we've already talked about, right? We have COVID, we have our sanctuaries have become our everything, our offices, the place where we teach our children lessons for school. So all of that is really hard. And then I think people are suffering from screen fatigue. We miss one another so desperately. So those are new things, but 
the stresses that existed before from a distraction standpoint, those things are not new. We're just more aware of them now. And, and I think here's what happened. When the world shifted very suddenly a few months ago for every single person on this planet, what happened was that for the first time in a long time, I think we started to feel something. And so all of these things that we had sort of pushed down and ignored for a long time came bubbling up. And now people are stuck at home and they don't know what to do with this energy. So what's happening is if you're not able to unpack it, if you're not able to acknowledge what's happening and then find a way to move through it, then that self that you are, it's still the same self that you're bringing to work. It's still the same self that you're bringing to every single relationship that you have. So I think it's just more evident now because we are kind of captive and we've had to slow down and we've had to sit with ourselves. And so we are more aware of everything, of all of the things that were before, all of the things that are now. And it's really tough for a lot of people if they don't have the skills to be able to understand how to cope and how to sort of slow things down and see them for what they are. It's very challenging. Yeah, I think those are some really great points really resonate with me. I think it's, I'm hyper aware, but I'm also like, depending on the day, a bit hypersensitive. And like, I'm kind of not ashamed to say it because I know prior to this situation, and obviously I had the ability to work from home, but there was something about going to the office, interacting with people face to face and being able to have that outlet, right? Because I was able to be Alicia, the wife and mom, and then Alicia, the professional. And I was able to have that commute time to kind of decompress and be like, let's prepare for home base. And now home base is work and vice versa. And I know so many other people are going through similar situations, but also a lot more complicated situations than I am. And I myself am feeling a bit more connected to people in that way, because I know we're all kind of going through some level of this together. And maybe even a bit more understanding and empathetic. And I'm wondering if that's something that you're seeing overall, just even in the personal conversations that you've been having. I am. And so I'm going to make this statement and start off by saying the tragedy of COVID is overwhelming. The amount of people who have been affected in all of the ways, whether it's been through business or loss in their family or illness or all of the ways, right? That said, I will tell you this as well. A couple of years ago, I was sitting in an airport, you know, I used to travel like three or four days a week, BC before COVID. And what I was realizing was that everybody got on the airplane or sat in the airport. We were shoulder to shoulder with each other and people were not talking. We were, but somehow there was a slow burn that's happened where we've forgotten how much we need to be connected with one another. And so we were doing this weird thing where everybody was sort of in their own bubble and it would break my heart to see that. And I remember having this one morning sitting in the airport, looking around me and saying, oh my gosh, is this where we've landed after 200,000 years? Like this is where we are. And so absent of the tragedy of COVID, it has been in many ways, the hard reset that I think every single one of us has needed because Firstly, we've begun to feel again. So it's not a bad thing that we're having these feelings. It's just now we need to figure out how do we handle those feelings, right? What do we do with this energy that we have, as I mentioned before? The other piece of it is that we've remembered, oh, and it's so great. We've remembered how much we need one another, how much we need to be connected and not just through the phone, but actually be together. I mean, can you imagine how great it's going to feel when you get to go wrap your arms around like a couple of strangers you haven't seen in a while, while, like maybe colleagues you haven't seen? It's going to be like, oh my gosh, these are my people and I'm so happy to see them. So I think that this reset had to happen at some point. 
And my hope is that on the other side of this, because I have seen evidence of humanity rising, I have seen people paying more attention on conference calls than ever before, because Zoom and Google and all of these platforms force us to do that. You know, we have to be here. But before, I'll tell you, myself included, years ago, there would be always conference calls where they're not that exciting, let's face it, and they're long and, you know, maybe it's a forecast review or something like that that's stretching on three or four hours. And all of us, all of us, there's not a single one of us that did not drift off at some point that did not answer an email or do a load of laundry or order something through a drive-thru, right? It happened to every single one of us. So we weren't paying attention as much before when we were working together. And now I think we are. So another point that I've seen humanity rising and, and actually getting kinder and softer and we're engaged with one another. So I think all of those things are awesome. Yeah. I love that you use the word reset, right? Because we've been hearing new normal and the next normal, like all those iterations, right? And I think reset is a good way to encapsulate that not everything's going to change, but maybe the way we perceive or the way we come to the table and present ourselves and, you know, our ideas, especially like looking at this through the lens of like B2B marketing and sales, which you don't always expect that mindfulness concept to come to the table with B2B. So we'll, we'll get into that for a second. But I do want to talk about this notion of being more human and more empathetic because those have almost become B2B marketing buzzwords in and of themselves. And I guess my question for you is, what does that really mean in today's terms? Is that being redefined because of everything that you just shared? I, I'd love to get your take on that. I hope that the word people and empathy, I mean, I hope those words are more than words because here's what I've seen. A few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, art chefs started using the word artisan to describe their beautiful food that was handcrafted and made with love and presented and plated so beautifully, right? But then McDonald's started calling their Big Macs artisan. And right. for some people, maybe they were, right? But it, the word lost its panache, right? Because it was something different. It was made in big batches. And so... I think that we have to be super mindful of every single word that we use because here's what happens. If the marketing world and B2B world start latching onto the buzz and they're not living into those words that they say are important, there's going to be a backlash for those companies in business for sure. It happens right now, right? There are leaders of companies who say, we're open, we're transparent, we're empathetic, we celebrate diversity. But then when you begin to look for evidence across those companies of those things, they come up very short. And so there's a credibility problem that's going to happen. So I think that my biggest message is if you're going to focus on humanity, my gosh, so important because again, people do business with one another. I don't care what business you're in, it is the case. So living into that really offers companies an opportunity to do something to almost reinvent themselves and to reinvent their brand narratives as they think about their purpose in this world. So I attach it to kind of three W's. It's who do you serve? What do you do? And why does it matter? So if companies can really, you know, who are using the words, if they want to use them, that's great, but I'm going to ask them to pause and give a lot of mindful thought to those three W questions, who, what, and why. And if they understand that, and if they can really begin to live into that and show evidence of that, and then market, and then meet their customers in that way, man, it's going to be super powerful. I think it's going to be like the next revolution in business, which is so exciting, right? Yeah, super exciting. And 
I know during the B2B sales and marketing exchange, we're going to be getting into that intersection of mindfulness and business. And what I'm really excited about is we're going to be getting into some practical exercises, things that individuals can do before they get into the meeting, before they have that conversation with a prospect or a customer. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, John Miller here, Chief Product Officer at Demandbase. And I can't tell you how excited I am about the new ABM platform we're building. It combines the best of Engageo and Demandbase to help you find accounts that are in market for your products, engage with buyers across multiple channels, and close deals by working with sales. To get an exclusive sneak peek of the platform, visit demandbase.com slash sneak peek. So quick breakdown or quick teaser. I mean, what is the application of mindfulness look like in say like a collaborative scenario? Like say like I'm prepping for a meeting, I'm a bit all over the place. I mean, like what is an idea of what that looks like? I love this question because one of my biggest tasks with Cool Audrey has been to not only define mindfulness, but to define kindness. What are those things in business? Because our culture has made a mess of mindfulness, in my opinion. Mindfulness quite simply means full presence and awareness, awareness of everything, right? The thoughts, the words, the actions. And so all of those things are connected, but we've made it about something else. I mean, my gosh, there have been articles that splash the front page of the New York Times, and there have been people who have been giving talks and people in yoga rooms who are talking about mindfulness. And they, it almost has become like this destination point in our type A culture here in America. And that's not what it is at all. What I'm talking about is making mindfulness a practical part of every single moment of your life experience. And you do that quite simply by beginning to adopt some new habits and some new behaviors that can help you reach that point, just help you be in that space all the time, right? So for instance, getting ready for this conversation with you today, I sat and I thought about the great conversation we were going to have. I put every single thing out of my mind that needed my attention before. I forgot about the rest of my day that will come after. And I just cultivated the sense of intention so that we could be very present and here together. That is one thing that people can begin doing. And the way that they can get there in the simplest way, I mean, like right now in the simplest way is by breathing, because there's been so much neuroscience around the power of intentional breathing. I mean, we're doing it anyway, like you're doing it right now, you're breathing, but breathing with focus and intention. So maybe counting as you breathe, counting up to four as you inhale and exhale, getting yourself sort of calm. So what happens is the more you practice that, it opens up this neural pathway. It opens up this response between body and mind, and it allows you to be very much in a state of flow in whatever you're doing, but it takes practice to get there. So that's one thing is start by taking a few deep breaths, just sort of slow everything down. And it's like taking furniture out of a room. If you want to put a new piece of furniture into a crowded room, you've got to take something out first. So make a little space there. The second thing, and I think this is so important, is again, getting back to that who, that what, and that why. Every single one of us that's showing up in business, we are serving someone else through the work that we do. So get those people in your mind, firstly. Secondly, think about what is it that I do? What is it that we will do together? And why does that matter for them? Not for me, but for them. Get yourself into that space of sort of service and extending that generosity through the business that you do. 
those two things combined, just that simple little bit of breath work and the three W's will begin to sort of lay a nice foundation for any conversation, any negotiation, any pitch, any campaign, whatever that you're going to be engaging in. I think that's a very, very simplistic gateway to begin with. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and as you were talking about the intentional breathing, I like felt myself being like, oh, like, and it's right. so funny because you're so overwhelmed with the tasks and the emails and like, you're just going from one thing to the next that you don't even think about, like, I need to take a minute to take a breath. And I think that point of being intentional is so easy to reach. Like, oh, I just need to like focus on one thing, but it also is meaningful, like having a conversation, being intentional with the words you say and how you say them, that it can actually impact relationships and in the end business results, right? But this kind of leads me to a follow-up question around what you would say to, I guess, the naysayers or people are like, oh, like mindfulness is just like hippy-dippy stuff and like yogis and not to knock that because I I think this is 100% relevant and meaningful and important work, but I'm sure there are a lot of folks watching. They're like, is this really for me? I don't really know. So how do you address that? Okay. So I'm going to give you two definitions. And as I mentioned, it was my biggest task and I knew that it would be, but people who worked with me in my prior career they felt something that was different. I wrote an article about this recently. It's called the cashmere effect, right? They felt something different when we worked together. The reason that they felt something different was not because I made a declaration that I am being mindful right now, or I am being kind. It's because I adopted a mindset that was rooted in the three things that I told you, the why were we getting together? What were we going to do? And how would this benefit them? How would this help them? And it was always in that spirit of generosity that I did business. And I was working with some of the biggest companies in the country. So I'm going to give everybody like the naysayers out there, by the way, I love you people. I'm going to give you two definitions. Mindfulness, again, means absolute presence awareness in this moment. And that's something that if anybody thinks it's easy or it's soft, go ahead and try it. It's one of the hardest things in the world to do when you get started. But once you know how to roll with this, it becomes like the skill you can't ever remember being without. So that absolute awareness, and it takes practice, a lot of practice. Kindness means do no harm. It doesn't mean you're the person showing up in the room all the time with a smile on your face saying yes. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. It means that you can have the super tough conversations, you know, the conversations where People are coming from opposing sides and you can do that in a way that does no harm. You can do that in a way where you are opening a place for deeper collaboration, even innovation, by the way, because if people are heard, if people are respected, if people feel safe in that space, these really cool things happen called trust, collaboration, and innovation. So I tell everybody, like, there's nothing soft about kindness. It is, again, one of the hardest things that we can bring in because of the ego, the agenda, the biases, the narratives that we kind of roll with up here in our mind. So for the people that are naysayers, come join me. Let's check it out together and and see see what you think about the power of these two practices in business. And, you know, I'll also say like, I'm a child of the 70s. So I'll also tell you like mindfulness, it's not just for the hippies anymore, right? It's kind of like the orange juice commercial from the 70s. They are two of the most powerful forces that we can bring into business because they are the two things that bring people together in ways that amplify every single thing that's good and amazing in all of us. 
that's how I would respond to that question. I love that. And it's funny because as we are going through this conversation and start to peel back all of the layers, I'm noticing trends and correlations between all of these principles that you're talking about. So that idea of being kind, going into meetings with kindness and how having hard conversations in an open way can lead to innovation, new ideas, new opportunities, and how the ego can prevent those things from happening, right? Because in your head, you're like, no, this has always worked. Like, why would we change now? And like, now's the time, going back to that reset principle, like now's the time to kind of rethink the way we think about things and the way we come to the table with ideas and the ideas that we try to bring out into the world. So this is like my mind just like shooting off sparks right now, but I'm like, oh, like all this stuff is connected, which I hope folks watching now will realize and hopefully uncover ways to apply this in their lives by watching our session. But as we close out our time together, Cole, we talked a little bit about some starting points, some ways we can get kind of up and running with being more mindful, whether it's through breathing and just taking a moment to center. Are there any other resources or even tips? I mean, there's so many like apps out there and so many platforms. I mean, are there any like go-to ways that people can start to expand their learning a little bit other than your session, of course, but anything else? Yeah. So I carry these around with me all the time. I carry these books with me all the time and I actually carry like a pen, right? So here's what I would say. I would say that I mean, apps are great. There are certainly some really great apps out there um, that people can use to guide them in what is really more meditation. I don't use that word in my work. I believe in the practice very strongly, but I don't use that word in my work. And I'm not even trying to get people to a place where they meditate through the work that I do. So those apps are more geared for that, but they're awesome. They're powerful. They are life-changing. So for people really interested in developing that deep personal practice, absolutely. I think those are great. I think that One thing I'm striving to do is to keep everything super accessible and super practical so that it's easy, right? If if something is too hard, if it's a diet or exercise or language or whatever we're learning, if it's too hard, our human nature is to tend to sort of run from that. So, So what I would say is for everybody watching right now, in every moment, before you get ready to send an email, before you get ready to have a Zoom call, before you get ready to build a proposal or build a campaign or whatever it is that you're working on, pause. Literally get a piece of paper and write down the answers to the who, the what, and the why. Connect with that and then take, sit still, eyes closed, give yourself a chance to sort of disconnect from the outside noise. Take six deep breaths in and out of your nose. Then go about that one task that you're doing, one task at a time. So if people can begin to move in this way, they will begin to realize like small little shifts that begin to happen that are pretty magical. And then that will lead way for more shifts to happen. So what we're talking about here is building a different collective consciousness in the world of business. And it's going to rely on every single one of us showing up one person at a time coming together in different ways, this fabulous way, this elevated consciousness together and taking that out into the world. But we have to start with that personal space first. So answer the questions, take six to 12 deep breaths and focus on one thing at a time. Those are the three little tips for today. Awesome. Love that, Cole. Well, we're just about at the top of our time together. Thank you so much again for taking the time out. If folks want to learn more about you or get some more insights from you, where can they go? 
So they can go to two places. They can go to my website, which is www.coolaudrey.com. And they can also find me on LinkedIn under Cole Baker Bagwell. So those are the two best places to connect with me. Great. Thanks, Cole. Always a pleasure to chat with you. I learn something new every time. It's so enlightening. (laughs) So much fun. So much fun. Thank you. And of course, if you want to learn more from Cole and, and walk through some great exercises that you can apply in your everyday, please register for the B2B sales and marketing exchange online experience. You will not be disappointed. It'll be a really interactive live discussion. And Cole obviously has a wealth of wisdom. Thanks again, everyone so much for taking the time out. We'll see you next time.